Is it time we rethought our approach to education conferences? My guests today certainly think so, and I reckon you're going to love what they're up to. Hey everyone, it's Shane Leaning. Welcome back to Global Ed Leaders, a podcast about education across countries and cultures. I'm an organisational coach, and in this show I learn with the teachers, leaders and innovators making a difference in international schools around the world. My guests today are Ian Henderson, director of The Bridge at Wellington College, and Shane Mann, publisher of Schools Week and Effie Week. Both Ian and Shane are integral to one of the largest educational gatherings, the Festival of Education. And we got together at their inaugural Festival of Education in Bangkok, Thailand. You'll first hear from Ian sharing some insights on why they prefer festivals over traditional conferences. And the voice you hear after Ian will be Shane. Let's jump in. The festival first came about in the UK in, in 2010, where the, the head at Wellington at the time had this idea that we'd, we'd create a, a new event that would bring educators together and provide this, this real thought leadership uh, uh, place for, uh, which was, I think the, the sector was crying out for it at that time. Uh, since then, a number of other events have come up, but none of them are really the same, the same idea as the festival. You know, the festival is, is a very different spirit to that. There's a, then a follow-up thing about, well, why did we take the festival abroad? Why do, we, why do we bring it to Thailand? Why do we take it to the USA and China and so on? And, and, and some of the same things apply. It's about providing amazing CPD thought leadership um, uh, that's relevant, that's pragmatic, that's, that's varied. We're big enough and, and we've wanted it to be broad enough that the number of themes we have mean that people can always get something from it. So we try and respond to what's needed. In 2022, there was nothing on AI. In 23, it's a number one topic. Stuff that is really relevant in the moment is sometimes transient. So well-being and mental health really emerged around 2018 as being a huge topic for, for schools and, and not just for, for the students, but for teachers too. And that's really been retained really through the last few years. Classroom teaching is going to be a thing in the festival every year because schools aren't schools without classroom teaching. I think as well, the key thing for us is that learning should be fun, not only for learners in our schools, but also the teachers so that they can enhance and improve uh, their, their teaching uh, style and practice. So um, that was a key inspiration behind the festival and continues to be, you know, when Ian and I are working throughout the year of bringing together all the content and the rest of the festival team at the forefront uh, is always how can we make make and ensure that this is a fun learning experience for uh, the educators uh, turning up to the festival. And it's for us in the UK, well, for the UK event, it takes place at the end of the academic year, just after the summer series, uh, summer exam series. So everyone's quite exhausted. Everybody's ready for the summer. But after those two days at the festival, they leave enthused and excited, we hope, we know from the feedback, ready for the next academic year. Uh, and, and what lies ahead. So that's that's a key thing for us is giving educators an inspiring send-off for the summer holidays. I think the other side of it is that we have really wanted to make this the most welcoming, inclusive event where everyone feels like they belong. Everyone in education belongs here. And we work really hard in the UK to open it up to the entire sector. We had 81% state school teachers attending last year and the year before. And it's the same kind of feel we want to bring to the festivals abroad, that it's a bringing together of the, the, the best of the sector in that region. Uh, so it's been great and for here in Bangkok. We've, we've had um, uh, many of our speakers, most of our speakers, in fact, have come from all of the schools around, the, around not just the city, but further in, around Thailand and, and also 
one or two from wider field in Southeast Asia. It's, 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 um, it's very much about celebrating the best that's out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel there's, there's a vibe here that I haven't felt at other conferences in, in the traditional sense. And I definitely felt that we were just talking before we started recording about the sense of awe that I felt when I first went to the festival in the UK, going through those, those very grand gates and seeing the scale of this event. For listeners who are not really familiar with the Festival of Education or this style of getting teachers together, can you paint a bit of a picture of where this has come from? Because it's, it is very different and I think it's worth kind of exploring what makes that, that difference and that feel. I think both Ian and I, um, over the years, have attended many conferences, not just within the education sector, um, but just more generally across all sectors. And they're always a bit stiff. So something for me, my, my, you know, my business full-time role is running a company called LSEX and, and we host other conferences um, covering apprenticeships and the further education and skills sector in England. And we always try and make those conferences slightly fun and quirky, but not to the scale for the Festival of Education. To try and make it unique, I guess it's the broad spectrum of sessions that are taking place at any one time. So for the UK event, we have 35 sessions taking place at any one time. And some of the sessions will take place in starlit marquees. They'll be taking place outdoors in the summer sunshine, whilst others are taking place in a school laboratory or the school theatre with a thousand people or the old gymnasium or Waterloo Hall. So it's, it's kind of weird and wacky and, and fully utilising the school environment, as opposed to an ordinary event that's taking place in a conference centre with a terrible buffet and bits and pieces. You know, we've got stalls outside serving pizzas, you know, burritos, sushi, fish and chips, you know, proper festival style food. I can't remember the name of the speaker. I'm sure Ian can remember, but there was a speaker a few years ago referred to it as the Glastonbury of, of, of education events. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, that was Bob Geldof who described it as the, the Glastonbury of, for educators. Uh, I, I hasten to add without, without the uh, class A drugs, <laughs> um, at least we hope so. But there's a sense of, it's about the spirit of it. It's, it's, it's a magnet. So if you're going to go to a music festival, the one you really want to be at is Glastonbury, probably. Um, uh, be, partly because of the, the size of it, partly because of the, the incredible range that you'll hear. You know, so looking at the, the feel of the festival here, uh, and the same in the UK, the same, same in, in the US and so on, is you've got street food, as, as Chain talked about, and, and these, are, these are vendors who, who that's what they do, and they, 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 they make their living making incredible food out of a, a little caravan or a, or a tent or something like that. And we, have, we, we, we try and get live music from pupils in the school and, and um, there's bean bags and, and hay bales and, and bunting and, and, and all sorts of, it's just a different feel. And I, I completely agree with Shane, you're getting away from the slightly sort of sanitised anodyne feel of a conference centre in, in the basement of a hotel where, you know, the, 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 the keynote takes place in a huge ballroom and... Uh, and then you just have these breakout rooms that are all exactly the same and they're different shades of beige. And that's what we want to get away from. We want it to feel like it's taking place in a living, breathing school that's exciting. Um, and we've been able to do that, which is, you know, we're really, really fortunate to, 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 to have that possibility. Yeah, I really felt that coming here today. And I was super excited to see the iconic balloons at the entrance there, which I recognise so well. So, I mean... They were the, they're the exact same colour. Have you got you've got your supplier of balloons that does education fest across the world? I assume. 
Uh, we don't import our balloons uh, to, to various host countries. We always try and use local suppliers uh, within a short radius uh, distance. Um, and, and we always ensure that our balloons are sustainable and biodegradable. And the same goes for our approach to, to signage and making sure that we can reuse uh, the, the signs that we make the following year and so on. So we're not constantly having to reprint new ones. Thank you. So I'm wondering, we've talked a bit about the inspiration of the festival and how it's designed to be inspiring and to get to get people thinking so around that around that idea how do you ensure that you've got a diversity of voices at the festival how do you ensure you get a real balance of ideas because i know that's something that's important to you we work closely with a number of groups uh, organizations um, to curate strands of content for the festival so they have expertise in that particular domain they've got contacts they have the knowledge they know who the experts are they know who they'd want to pay having speaking so if we want to for example have uh, a whole strand on great classroom teaching practice then we're going to go to someone who knows all about that. So, for example, at this one here, we've got um, evidence-based education doing the great teaching toolkit and everything that's around that. That's worked really well. Uh, similarly, with Inner Drive for Cognitive Science, uh, in the UK, we've been able to work with some... I, I can't mention all the organisations because we wouldn't have time, but just to pick a few out, um, really looking at the representation of women in education and, and, and leadership, um, working with Women Ed. We work with BAMED. We work with, with LBGTQ plus Ed. We with head teachers round table we there's a lot of organizations we work with because we really value their expertise we value their their knowledge and their connections and they get the opportunity to put on stage the very best experts in that field which is an amazing bonus for the for the festival goers so um i think the festival working in partnership with really good organizations has been critical to its success the other thing that uh, we did back in 2016 uh, was launch a public application system for for sessions at the festival and that was to ensure that it wasn't, you know, a couple of people as part of the organising committee uh, inviting people to, to, to speak at, at EdFest, you know, by using and utilising Schools Week and social media platforms over in the UK. Uh, you know, we have an enormous reach to, for, for, in terms of a call for applications. So typically every year, 40 to 50% um, of, of the speakers, the sessions at the festival are through the public application system, which is amazing. Uh, and we, you know, get six, or five to six hundred applications each year uh, for the 2024 event. Uh, the the applications closed uh, last month, and we've just been sent our links to to start reviewing, uh, along with some other reviewers, which is really really exciting. And just picking up on what Ian was saying around uh, the great organisations we work with, the other thing that we're you know not afraid of is having opposing views at at, at the festival. And an example of that, we have an entire strand run by Ofsted, so the inspectorate uh, in the UK, um, you know, and they are Marmite, uh, it's, I think it's fair to say. Um, but, you know, they rock up every year. The chief inspector, Amanda, current chief inspector, Amanda Spielman, you know, has spoken every year since her installation as the chief inspector and has brought, you know, her inspectors with her to provide a strand. But on the other side of the festival, we have the head teacher's round table who are calling, you know, for the end of Ofsted you know, the, the, the scrapping of it all. Um, so, you know, one end you've got sessions about scrapping Ofsted and how it's terrible and bad for schools and bad for progression, et cetera, et cetera, whilst Ofsted the other side of the event. And, that's, and I think that's really, really important that it's a broad church of ideas and opinions. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with that and I think that we're really aligned on that philosophy. And, and similarly, you can talk about various different educational interventions where 
if there's one thing that everyone can agree on in education is that you can't agree on everything. Um, and, you know, the certain types of, of teaching practice of, of, or of intervention will work in certain places, in certain contexts, with certain groups, in certain school cultures, and the same thing won't work in a different place. So people have to be able to be exposed to different ideas and, and try and choose what is going to work in my context rather than it being a, a dogmatic approach where it's my way or the highway. You know, the, if you're not doing it my way, then you're not doing it properly. Is a we think a really bad message to send to teachers. It takes away that essential autonomy that, that teachers and school leaders have in their domain, which is critical. They're the people who know the classes and the and the and the context the, the best, and they should be able to. They should have the the tools and the knowledge to make the decisions. That seems a, a huge differentiator, actually, between other conferences. Actually, is that you you're not taking a stance, um, and I love the idea that you've got these opposing views. Do you do you have to separate them? By space at the conference between uh, the Ofsted and the head teachers roundtable. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember now what happened this summer and where I was for each session. Fortunately, it's a very large site, so we're okay. Uh, but no, no, there have been some challenging debates. I always remember uh, there was one on classroom behaviour management several years ago, which featured uh, in an article in the Daily Telegraph the following day, uh, and led to a bit of a spat between two prominent. Um, educational figures uh, in the UK. So, and there can be some quite interesting discussions on a Thursday evening at the speaker um, reception that we host as, as people, you know, have a beer uh, and, you know, their opinions get expressively stronger and stronger. Um, but it's, you know, it's part of the fun. You know, it's a, it's a creative thought leadership style festival. We want those grown up, a bit of friction, you know, debate amongst educators. And actively arranging a whole strand, which are educational debates. And one of Shane's staff, Kath, who's been brilliant at, at formulating the, the questions that frame each debate and, and getting a, a group of people together to bring opposing views and, and, and challenge each other in, in front of the audience. That's been, um, I think, a really fun thing to do. And even in the context, we might have a panel where it's not a formal debate, where there are opposing sides, but simply differing views across three or four people they have a spectrum of, of, of reactions to a particular thing. And I think that's an important part of the way the festival runs. And it's always quite fun with the debates uh, on social media when we announce, you know, the topics, you know, a month or so before, when, you know, even the question upsets people. You know, we've framed the question incorrectly. We shouldn't have used, you know, this uh, framing. And so that's always good fun because, you know, you know, we're on the money there. We've got a good debate. It's going to be interesting. No, so uh, we host most of the debates in the chapel, which is great because we've got opposing seating. So it's, you know, a bit like a House of Commons chamber, which is, which is great fun. It doesn't take much to fire up Twitter, does it, anyway? So it doesn't surprise me that you get some debates happening online. But I like that you say facilitating kind of grown-up grown up debate. And we need more spaces like that because there's so much division outside of education and it's crept well into education that it's a such a divided state politics has crept in on a huge scale and and i know that educators appreciate a place to start to hash out these ideas and to and to think together so it's great that these kind of festivals really support that i'm wondering you you mentioned the the debates and these these round tables over the years you've been doing is it 13 years this festival's been going 13 years so over that time is there any are there any standout people who've spoken at the events or said something that that was maybe formative to you or or changed your mind on something i'd be interested to know how this has shaped your journey 
I think the one that sticks out for me was was last year. Well, this year uh, in, in the summer, the thirteenth festival of education, we had Eddie Izzard and the trans debate uh, in society and schools enormously toxic and controversial. And we took the decision in January uh, after a long discussion uh, with Eddie's agent around Eddie speaking at the festival because she could speak on you know this particular topic but also provide a bit of comedy as well uh, at the festival and, you know, a bit of lightheartedness uh, during the day. And the, you know, the reaction on social media was unbelievable. I had people uh, calling my office, telling my staff that I was a paedophile for engaging with Eddie. Uh, we were attacked on social media for a couple of weeks. I remember there was another speaker, it was uh, Paul Kirshner, messaged me to say, gosh, you know, I've retweeted your tweet announcing Eddie and I've now got people attacking me, you know, for, for you know, you, you guys engaging with, with Eddie. So that, that was not pleasant, but I kind of knew we'd done the right thing because we'd upset the right people. Um, anyway, whilst Eddie was there, her key message was just to be kind, you know, stop attacking everybody. And I just thought, you know, what an inspiring individual, you know, the amount of hate. We even had to, you know, we had to get additional security in for that session so that there was security in the audience just in case there was a protest you know and she can still sit there on stage and just say you know without attacking the opposite the opposing sides just you know be kind to to each other and that, i always remember that moment it was a real special moment after that six month anxious wait i was quite nervous about that session but i think for me it was you know i, I welled up as as she walked out on stage because the audience went absolutely wild and that was a that was a really special moment yeah and there's another part of 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 eddie's session that was brilliant for me which was giving everybody permission to call her what they like what they like because no one can get it wrong and i think at a time of great actually quite a lot of fear of, of people you know putting your foot in it using the wrong term using the wrong name referring to somebody or so, or, or, or some organization in the wrong way it was it was a wonderful example to set i felt um i, I have a a couple of examples. I think one was was this year when um, uh, one of our other keynote speakers was Chris Packham, and um, and Chris talked with just extraordinary clarity and recollection and emotion about his experience uh, in school uh, as someone who's grown up and, and had a, a very successful and and really influential career as as an autistic adult. Um, but what was it like at school, and and the way he could remember things with such clarity? And as as the father of a of a young adult, um, our, our younger son Dougie is autistic; he's twenty five. That was incredibly powerful for me, um, but also for the audience. I think there were roughly six hundred people in the audience uh, in in our theatre for that particular session, and I would estimate that four hundred and fifty of them were in tears. It was a, just an extraordinary, powerful session. Another one an issue that is really live for many schools around the world is gambling addiction uh, and the fact that young people can have access to gambling platforms with, with almost zero filter if, if we're not careful and, and really get horribly uh, influenced by this. And we had a very engaging, powerful speaker called Patrick Foster, who um, I share quite a lot in common with. We, had, we actually went to the same school. We played cricket for the same county. He was a bit better than I was, but it's, that's another story. But he's a brilliant speaker, and he's, he, he was absolutely at the edge uh, with what gambling addiction had done to his life. He tells an incredibly powerful story, and his whole career now is about trying to deliver this kind of message in schools and to enable schools and young people not to get into the same sort of place that he was. 
that was also hugely powerful and and um you know for for, for different reasons and I, I guess maybe those those things tell you a little bit about the the breadth of the of of the festival and then and then you come back to our keynote speaker in in the US 4 weeks ago was Dan Willingham who is i think most educators would agree is so in the top handful of educational thinkers, researchers, authors, writers, speakers, and the reception that he got, but also the reception he gave us afterwards was was just overwhelmingly affirming and and quite moving that you know he nailed his presentation as a, as a true professional does brilliantly incisive, very well received based on the most rigorous of research and yet so personable as well. And one, you know, the individual that spoke today and opened the Thailand Festival of Education, Jasa Alawalia, who spoke at the festival in the UK, at the 12th Festival of Education back in 2022. And it was following his documentary uh, with the BBC called Am I English? And a, a you know, documentary is around Jasa's own experience of dealing with mixed heritage. And uh, I remember watching the documentary thinking, oh, it'll be amazing. Uh, and I reached out to him on Instagram. He, he he responded for some reason, which was great. Uh, and, it, and he came along to the festival and was phenomenal. It was the end of the festival on the Friday afternoon he was speaking. He had a room, about three, four hundred people in the room. And again, it was one of those tear-jerking moments where Jasser was crying, the audience was crying, all of my staff were crying, because all of us deep down actually were, were mostly mixed heritage. And it was this understanding of saying, you know, uh, I, you know, I could be part German and part English, and it's I'm not half and half, I'm both. I'm both German and English. And it's a really powerful statement. And it just, seeing actually this morning, there were people running up to Jass again, thank you, I'll stop calling myself half this, half that. I'm, I'm both. That's really empowering. And it's that light bulb moment. And, you know, educators at the festival are having those moments because we're providing that opportunity. And that's, that's always really special to see those light bulb moments, with, with, especially with teachers. You know, teachers see that every day in the classroom with their learners. But for them to have those moments, I think, special. These are such incredibly powerful moments you, you, you've shared. And, and, and I agree, hearing Jasser speak today was incredibly inspiring and a wonderful, it set a wonderful tone for the festival. I'm interested, actually, many of the keynotes or the people you've mentioned just now, so Eddie Izzard, you mentioned Chris Packham or, or, or Jasser Alawalu, these are people traditionally outside the education space. and people who in other education conference you might not likely see. I'm interested, where did that come from? Like this idea of bringing these people in, because that's uh, very relevant, certainly from what I saw today, but an interesting decision to make. I think a big part of that was trying to bring people who've, who've got a voice and an, and an ability to present really amazingly about something, but they've also got a message that's relevant to education. So, you know, when we talked about getting Eddie to come, at that point, schools and probably still are in in a real dilemma about how they can do the right thing in terms of everything to do with gender identity and 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 but also the whole trans issue um and it's just thought provoking for for teachers and school leaders to hear someone who is an, a, a, a um quite a low key advocate for the right thing he's not he's not strident he's not he's everything was about kindness wasn't it and it was such a great message it's what this what the sector needed i think Similarly with, with Chris Packham, similarly with Jasser, it's the same kind of thing. They, they are people who are famous and celebrities in their own right, but they've got a message that's relevant to education. Another example might be Rory Bremner, who 
we've had speaking a couple of times, um, a few times actually. He happens to be has a connection with Wellington. He's an old Wellingtonian, um, and he does a brilliant session, which is it's got comedy in it, and he's 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 lampooning figures of the day and 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 so on. Um, and he's also a passionate um, advocate and and a, 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 a fighting a, a campaign really to raise awareness about ADHD because he was a late diagnosis and it completely changed his life to understand that was how he was. And so it's trying to get people who've got something brilliant and they've also got an educational message, you know, connected to it. And we try and balance those with people who you might call, you know, educational heavyweights. And, you know, Dan Willing would come into that that category or, a you know, a, a Doug Lamov or a Sarah Jane Blakemore or a um, Paul Kirshner or somebody like that. And it's provide that variety as well. We had Eddie Izzard this year, but at the same time, there were 38 other sessions to go to. And on that particular day, 250 other speakers that, you know, an individual educator can choose to attend. So A, people have got that choice to go and see the sort of B, A-list celebrity, or they can go to a session in the mass block in a classroom to, to discuss phonics. You know, so there is that huge variety there at the festival and that's the key bit you know it's the variety it's to say you know i've been teaching all year in a classroom it's a hot summer's day i've had a cocktail from a vw cocktail van because we have a cocktail bar at the festival in the uk and actually i'd quite like to hear from eddie to have a bit of comedy um at the end of the day we had david Badil a few years ago didn't we being interviewed you know again it's that kind of coin of phrase sort of the chillaxed atmosphere it doesn't have to be heavy pedagogically driven throughout the day you know we can have that light-hearted moment and and the individuals you know we're not bringing a, you're not bringing a random comedian to make everybody laugh for 40 minutes they do have a serious point to make you know so rory for example talking about adhd uh, chris packham obviously talking around his experience with autism and and eddie on on the trans issue and, and wider societal issues so there, we always bring individuals that can highlight a particular issue of the day within society the other point I'd make about the variety, which is really important for us, is that a group of teachers can come from the same school, and 10 of them, for example, and they, every single one will have a completely different experience through the content of the day because they'll, they'll go to different things. And at the end of the day, they share you know, what, what they've had. And, and that, that idea of being to, able to share experiences at the end of the day and take them back to their schools is, is another thing that we find really powerful. So it's always always quite fun because you have some schools that are in attendance because they've called an inset day. So you've got you know all one hundred of their teaching staff coming along to, to Wellington to the festival for the day, or you've got you know it's a special reward. You know you're the ten staff selected this year to attend the festival, and then you see them there at the beginning of the day with their map with you know the team leader, the tour tour guide. You know right, you're going here, you're going here, and then they all reconvene after the period to see you know, the feedback instantly to each other, what they've learned. And the following week, they disseminate that to all of their colleagues. That's, that's really lovely. Well, I'm just delighted you're bringing this, uh, this innovative approach, this kind of balanced approach that you seem to have between speakers, but that you're bringing this to an international school audience, which is the listeners of this podcast are based in international schools. And I feel very privileged to have been able to come along to Thailand to, to see this. And I know you've got Shanghai coming up soon as well. So I'd be very interested, what's the future of the Festival of Education? What, what, what are your ideas? I'd love to, you know, what can you, what can you tell us? Maybe you can release a couple of, couple of secrets in your head that we can launch something today. Okay, well, don't hold me to any of this, <laughs> but I hope so. No, um, so Shanghai is set for the 20th of April, um, 2024. Um, and our hope is to bring 
again a really fabulously interesting and 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 exciting festival to the education community in in, in that region uh, and again to try and make it as welcoming and inclusive as possible from there on we will repeat uk is the 4th and 5th of july and then we'll have usa and bangkok and, and, and shanghai the following year our hope that is the next country we'll go into will be india we haven't set a date yet. We haven't set a timeline yet, but we, we very much hope, we feel like, the, again, the education community in, in, in India is really ready for that. We've had a number of approaches from organisations, schools, universities in different uh, list A cities that they want us to run the festival. Um, so we just have to be careful to, to, you know, not to bite off more than we can chew at any one time and make sure we can do that. But hopefully at some point in the future, you will see a festival in um, Madrid, Sydney or Melbourne, San Francisco. UAE, indeed anywhere else where there's a real need and a, and a, and a driver for, we want this to be a, a, a group of thought leading events in major centres around the world, which is, which becomes synonymous with the best that education has got to offer. And obviously wherever we wish to go on holiday. <laughs> uh, no, no, in all seriousness though, yeah, listeners at home, do look out, we'll be publishing information for the second Thailand Festival of Education imminently and you know, likely to be sort of similar time uh, of a year again in November 2020. Uh, for and and the Shanghai, the China Festival of Education, um, in a couple of weeks' time, sort of early December, we'll be releasing a speaker application process f- for that event. So, all listeners of Shane's wonderful podcast, please uh, do submit your applications. What resonated with me in this discussion with Shane and Ian is their clear mission to encourage dialogue, bring people together, and advance education. The unique blend of informal yet buzzing festival atmosphere with substantive conversations suggests rapid growth is on the horizon. And their expansion to international festivals is particularly excited for us international schools. I wouldn't be surprised if more conferences start moving their style to a festival atmosphere because it just works. Global Ed Leaders is hosted and produced by me, Shane Leaning. Original music by Guillermo Silva. If you like this show, I'd really love it if you left me a rating on whichever podcast app you use. And if you are online, reach out and share your journey. You can find me on X using my handle at Shane or LinkedIn using the links in the show notes. But if we don't speak before, as always, I'll see you here next week.